there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one delicious page of Talmud every day. You know what, folks? Some days the Talmud just gives you the sort of page that you're not quite sure what to do with, and this tractate, Yavamud, has had its share of such pages because it is getting raunchy. And in today's pages, 53 and 54, the Talmud is going hard, real hard. Listen to this bit. The Gemara asks, what are the circumstances the Mishnah is referring to when it mentions a man who was coerced, that is, coerced into sex? If we say that it is when Gentiles coerced him by threatening to kill him if he did not have intercourse with her, and he therefore had intercourse with her, didn't Rava say there is no such thing as coercion of a man? to have intercourse with a woman with whom relations are forbidden because there is no erection of the male organ without intent. Consequently, even if he acted due to the threat, his action is considered intentional. Now, if you've ever been to, I don't know, middle school, certainly high school, and you're male, you've had this exact conversations that the rabbis are having right now, conversations, it has to be said, about erections and about whether or not males could achieve them unwillingly. Could a man even be coerced to have an erection? This is a hard question, no pun intended. It is a difficult thing to discuss. And I felt compelled to refer to the one rabbinic authority that I feel comfortable discussing such NSFW, not safe for work type of topics. My friend and yours, the Corderoyster Rav, Mark Oppenheimer, thank you for joining us. I don't know if I'm honored or chagrined or dismayed to be called out of my Hasidic court for such a topic as this, but if it was good enough for Rava in the Gemara, it's good enough for me. Good to be here, Leo. You know what? I tried very hard to find a different portion of the duff that we could discuss, but 53 and 54 <laughs> are really, you know, the rabbis work blue in these couple pages. There are scenarios here that they're discussing that are really not the type of stuff that I feel comfortable discussing with listeners, but here, I think, is a question that we've all all of us men especially, have contemplated the question of the relations, shall we say, between the male organ and the male mind. Enlighten us. Give us some wisdom. Well, I don't know that I have uh, any particular wisdom about uh, this particular organ and the mind, but I do know that it's been contemplated by masters since Rava in the Talmud. For example, the great French essayist Michel de Montaigne famously wrote about this question. He said, we are right to note the license and disobedience of this member, which thrusts itself forward so inopportunely when we don't want it to, and fails so inopportunely when we need an affair the most. I mean, he, he basically was saying it has a mind of its own. And what this makes me think of and, and what broadens this topic out for those beyond, say, the boys' room in middle school is that we are currently living in an age when the mind-body connection is perhaps the most crucial topic that we could possibly discuss. We are living in a time when there's heightened attention to autoimmune disorders, to depression, to anxiety, to diseases that don't always have the uh, physiological markers in the blood or, uh, you know, on tests that, for example, that 
cancer does. When you have Lyme disease, and I'm thinking about Ross Douthat's terrific recent book about this. I'm thinking about my friend Megan O'Rourke's recent book about her mysterious autoimmune disorder. There are so many medical professionals who doubt you, and they will say some version of it's all in your mind. And, you know, there's there's no way to prove or disprove in some cases whether a particular malady originates in um, a bacterium, in a virus, or in your own psychology, which makes it no less real and makes the suffering no less real. And of course, so often there's a relationship between your psychology, your mind, and how your body is operating. And so I think what I think of when I read this passage is the fact that at the very basis of our propagation as a species of of reproduction is this central paradox that sometimes the sexual organ in the male and the female can get aroused and excited at a time when that person's mind would prefer that it that the organ wait <laughs> half an hour or a day <laughs> or, or a month and and the organ might know things that we know about what we need that the mind doesn't necessarily know about what we need or is it that that the mind actually does want this but on some level we're in denial about what some other region of our mind wants and putting this forward is one of the great central human mysteries by going straight for the male nether regions is actually commenting on something very profound about the mystery of the mind body connection that's that's with us in so many ways right now the court of Arbsterov, mark oppenheimer you have given us so much from from so little and we are very grateful to you for this tremendous bit of insight thank you so much for being our guest it was a hard task and yet i think that i uh, rose to it amen Sela. this has been take one if you enjoy the show and i hope you do please go and rate and review us on itunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.